This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, Keith McCalmont, Director of Communications for the New York Racing Association, joins us on the show. And later today, his Aqueduct Racetrack in New York hosts a tremendous card of racing that includes four major stakes races, the $750,000 Grade 1 Cigar Mile, a $250,000 Grade 2 race, the $200,000 Grade 3 Gopher Wine, and the $250,000 Grade 3 Remsen Stakes for two-year-olds, and a race that, believe it or not, offers qualifying points for next year's Kentucky Derby. Keith, who formerly was with Woodbine for a number of years, he'll join the show today and will not only break down today's stakes events at Aqueduct, but also reflect back on some of the highlights of the 2022 racing season of the New York Racing Association circuit. Also, friend of the show, David Anderson, will join us again for the first time in a while. And David is an owner breeder and involved in both the thoroughbred and standardbred industries and also heavy horses specifically the big guys like Clydesdales David in his spare time limited spare time I should say is also a steward for the Jockey Club of Canada and a director for the HBPA of Ontario today we will catch up with him and talk about something very near and dear to his heart of course horse racing in addition will soon to be friend of the show Woodbine trainer Don McRae will join us for the first time and Don has trained the winners of over 11 million dollars in his career and close to a million of that earned this year at the multiple graded stakes winning trainer will not only spend time talking about the 2022 racing season but also more about his very successful career as a thoroughbred trainer to date looking forward to that and finally while he's back co-host larry simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at woodbine woodbine mohawk park and some other north american tracks that are racing today with their ponies picks today sponsored by rocket ship racing it's going to be a great show so you better get your hpi and dark horse accounts ready to go for some heavy duty action today when we come back my co-host larry simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news this is ponies 24 7 the radio magazine ponies 24 7 the radio magazine brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing more from the track when we come back on 105.9 the region go from dark horse to winner Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine. 
Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All righty then, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert on all things ponies, the unofficial coach of the Buffalo Bills, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay, just like the Bills. Just like the 9-3, and three, they're doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're 9-3 and three and your horse picks, you're doing very, very well. I'd be in horse heaven. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, it'll be standard bred horse racing heaven tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park for a special night for... A really rare special horse in Bulldog Hanover. Yes, we're saying uh, goodbye to him. It's a retirement ceremony at uh, Woodby Mohawk Park. We had Mark McKelvey yeah. on the show last week. He kind of let the cat out of the bag. has uh, some late uh, er- early breaking news, I guess you would say. And, uh, yeah, it's the, the end of a career, and, uh, you know, and now he's going to... Uh, be a stallion. It's amazing the emotional connection that the fans, a lot of people have developed with Bulldog Hanover. People say, oh, it's just a horse. It's not just a horse. And it's the the winning, the way the horse won its races, the personality of the horse, and people really bonded with it. Well, I think part of it is uh, a lot of people don't realize he's the world's fastest standard bred with a time of 145 and 4. Jeez. Like that's the fastest one mile uh, for a standard bred ever. And he's an Ontario bred, yeah. So he's a horse that people should really be proud of, and especially uh, here in in Ontario. And that, like this, this uh, this was something else. This was something that uh, really uh, just came out of the out of the blue, I guess you could say, because uh, you know he just got so good so fast. I know it was about six eight weeks ago. It won a huge race at the Hoosier. Yep. In Indiana, and a lot of the American longtime standard bred, you know, observers like, well, what, what did we just see? Well, exactly, and then, uh, you know, he's he's been doing that all year, and uh, <laughs> with well, ease, with ease, yeah. Even and, James uh, McDonald said, "Often you'll just see the back end of him." Well, he said he had a he and a lot of drivers, <laughs> <laughs> he and a lot of drivers had a good view of him. You know? Yeah, 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 because yeah. <laughs> he was in front and, and they like, were at the there, back. There he goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, what else is going on, Larry? Okay, uh, the other thing with uh, Woodby Mohawk Park is they're having Guest Appreciation Day on nice. December seventeenth. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, they can join them for complimentary popcorn, drinks, prizes, magician entertainment, cookie decorating, and uh, yeah, lots lots of great things. So and, uh, and, you know, it's a great way to see. Thank you to the fans. A little bit of a, a tie the bowl before the holiday break, and you know what? I mean, considering what we had been through the last couple of years, gosh darn it, Woodbine Mohawk Park knocked it out of the park this year. They have, and so has Woodbine yeah. uh, Thoroughbred too. It, it uh, you know, the Queen's Plate was great. Uh, oh. Woodbine Mile Day was great, and uh, you know, every every time we come on, we talk about you know Woodbine had you know has so many stakes races on today, and and. A lot of them are graded stakes, and that new and, Stella Artois oh, Terrace. That was, oh my uh, goodness, that was to die for. Oh, I mean that is. I mean honestly, I felt like I was sitting in a horse track somewhere in Miami or Europe. Like it didn't like all of a sudden. Wait a second, this is Woodbine. It mm-hmm. was so swanky, you know. Like it was, it was yeah. really kind of cool. It was cool, and I think it's uh, going to help attract, uh, especially next year, because they can use it a lot longer because it was like August yes. when it opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like when we had uh, Jim Lawson on, he said that, yeah, they're hoping to open it as soon as possible next year when the weather uh, cooperates. And you've got a whole year now of uh, bringing people, 
to the races yeah. and selling them on that. Uh, and, and like the, the young people will really love this. Like this is a place for them to go and party and, oh, and, yeah. and get enticed with horse racing and hopefully they'll come back. Well, as always, we're pleased to be joined by friend of the show, the New York Racing Association's Director of Communications, Keith McCalmont, who spent many years here in our vicinity at Woodbine now as part of the New York racing scene. And it may be December now, but Keith's Aqueduct Racetrack hosting a racing card today that if you like stakes racing, well, they're in tap for four of them. So it's a big one. Keith, as always, welcome to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. Happy to be back on and uh, really looking forward to the card this afternoon. There's uh, a lot of talent. Uh, we've got outgoing talent like multiple grade one winner Mind Control, who's going to try and win the Cigar Mile uh, to close out his career. And then we've got some young talent as well with uh, Kentucky Oaks and Kentucky Derby qualifiers in the Demoiselle and Remsen. There's uh, a lot to like on this card today. And Keith, what I like about it is here it is the first weekend of December. And while some people may not be thinking horse racing, here's New York Aqueduct stepping up with fig, four big, really big, significant stakes races to really keep your mind on horse racing into the holiday season. I love it. Yeah. You know, we're, we're really blessed uh, with a lot of talent on the card and, uh, you know, at this time of year, a lot a lot of horses are retiring. We saw Flightline retire, Epicenter unfortunately retired, but there is some really good talent in the Cigar Mile this afternoon. Uh, White Barrio and Vanden are both Grade One winning uh, sophomores who are looking to close out their year in a big way, and uh, it's nice to have uh, this level of of racing available at this time of year. And then you've got the Grade Two Remsen, and we can start talking Kentucky Derby with it, right? Let's let's talk about the Remsen. Sure. This is um, a, a race with uh, a mile and eight going around two turns for, for two-year-olds. Uh, a lot of these horses will be trying two turns for the first time, but we have an undefeated uh, horse for John Service named Tuskegee Airman who comes in off a, a win uh, going a mile at Delaware and uh, looks very solid, got an 84 buyer figure. Um, he will be the eight to five morning line favorite. And we'll have to best uh, a New York bred by the name of Arctic Arrogance, who won in the mud first time out at Saratoga and may appreciate the wet conditions. And then you have a great horse, Battle Bling, great name, going for the Gopher Wand, which is a great name for a race and a great name for a horse. So it's all kind of coming together, Keith. Battle Bling is one of the great stories of this year. Uh, she's trained by Manitoba native Rob Atris. They claimed her for $62,500 a year ago. She's won uh, four races since in eight starts, became a graded winner, and has banked more than $600,000, more than 10 times what, what they paid for in, in the claim window. Um, she loves this track. She's got Kendrick Carmouche to ride, who is a tremendous rider uh, and always seems to pop up on these big days here. Okay. All right, let's talk about the uh, current aqueduct meet. Obviously, the, the weather's cooperated for you guys so far, right? Yeah, you know, we, um, we, we were able to continue with our turf racing program through uh, last weekend. Uh, finally, it just became too cold uh, for the turf course to dry out anymore. But uh, uh, we've got two beautiful turf courses here that we used uh, from, from September when we left Saratoga. And then the main track, which is... Uh, a really uh, deep surface um, that has produced some really fair results. So uh, the, the facility's done really well, and uh, I, I love Aqueduct. It's connected to the city via the uh, 
via the subway, and I, I live in Fort Greene in Brooklyn, so I hop on the A train, and I'm here in 30 minutes. It's great. It's kind of amazing when you think about it that Aqueduct can trace its history back to the late 1800s. I mean, that, that kind of history in horse racing in the biggest city in North America, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's um, it, so many races have been run here. I mean, the Belmont Stakes has been run here. Uh, you know, Secretariat has raced here. There's there, there are so many great horses connected to the track through the years, and there's definitely a, a, a racing following here at the Big A. You'll never hear a, uh, a first floor as loud as you will uh, on Saturday when when there are big races across the country and the people on the main floor are, are screaming at the TV and, and <laughs> going out to the rail to scream at the horses. It's, you got to love the atmosphere. It's, it's maybe not quite Maple Leaf Garden, but it's close. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess, too, Keith, uh, Aqueduct's been used a lot more now this year, right? Because of uh, the situation with Belmont. Uh, you had the Belmont at Aqueduct uh, cards there. Uh, talk about uh, that story. Uh, you know, why were the races switched from Belmont to Aqueduct, and how long is that going to happen for? Sure. So uh, we uh, we moved from Saratoga. Usually, we go from Saratoga, uh, which closes on Labor Day. We usually go back to Belmont for the fall meet. Uh, this year, we came straight to Aqueduct and ran the Belmont at the Big A meet uh, instead. And the reason for that is we were building uh, two tunnels to the infield, both a, a, a pedestrian and vehicular tunnel, uh, to open up the infield for other uses. And uh, we also have added a synthetic pony track. And uh, next year, we'll do the same process again. We announced our race dates last week, and that we'll be coming back to Aqueduct next fall. Uh, so that renovations to the main surfaces... Uh, and, uh, and and just other additions can be made that eventually we'll be able to move to Belmont full-time uh, at some point down the road. Before we get into your history of Woodbine, but I think about what's happened at Woodbine the last few years and, and Aqueduct, as you mentioned, Keith, it, it feels like horse racing is cool again. You know what I mean? I, I really think uh, racing being on television... Um, a lot more, I think, has, has really helped, especially here in New York, where we're on the Fox uh, network quite often with our American Day at the Races program. Uh, I think we're more than 1,200 hours of, of live television this year, and I think it's brought us to a new to a new audience, um, maybe even partly enhanced by the pandemic, where people were at home and, and we continued to yeah. race and, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and became a viable option for people. But uh, the on-track experience, especially at places like Saratoga, where you can really have a, an amazing day out and, and some atmosphere um, and some history involved as well, is it, it appeals to people. And, you know, watching the Queen Plate from afar, it certainly seemed like there were a lot of people in attendance that day at Woodbine who really enjoyed themselves. Yeah, and that's a good point, I think, too, uh, Keith, is there is atmosphere at... Uh, at the Queen's Plate, Woodbine, and there's certainly atmosphere in New York racing in that. Is there a difference in the fans? You know, I, I think the, uh, the, the the core racing fan um, is very similar from from uh, jurisdiction to jurisdiction, uh, yelling at the screen, yelling at the jockey, cheering their horse home. Everyone has either their snapping the finger or slapping the program kind of thing, which uh, I love. Um, but I do think there is a more of a, a dress up and go for a day out here in New York 
Um, particularly at Saratoga, I think people really go all out to enjoy the day. Um, and the other part of Saratoga that's so great is is the tailgating side of it, where people hang out in the backyard at Saratoga all day long just to enjoy the races. And uh, that that culture exists as well at Belmont Park to a somewhat lesser extent, but uh, certainly on, on, on our big race days, it is a day out for families. Is that not a, something that could be brought over to Woodbine in a limited way, in some sort of way? Because that sounds like a fantastic daytime experience for a horse racing fan or just to go out and do stuff and just enjoy a great entertainment day. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I don't know if it's a population thing or, you know, in terms of uh, how many people have access close market to, to Woodbine to go for a day out. And uh, there are a lot of competing entertainment dollars for sure with mm. Uh, you know, other sports and other opportunities, but certainly horse racing is a viable option and, and one that, that should be promoted to the to the people. And I think Woodbine has made quite a, a significant uh, development to uh, adding their, their hotel, the concert hall, and all the other developments going on uh, on the Woodbine property. I think that it's only going to grow and increase in stature as an entertainment option uh, over the next two years. Well said. Yeah, exactly. Was it a big decision for you to leave Woodbine? On a personal level, I was uh, seeing someone who was based in the U.S., and so uh, New York became middle ground between uh, Toronto and California, where where she lived. Um, And professionally, it was a great opportunity to come to the biggest racing jurisdiction in North America and try and grow my career. And so uh, I'll always have a soft spot for Woodbine. I'm Canadian through and through, and... Um, you know, I grew up around the racetrack, so I always have one eye on the racing action there and cheer silently uh, under my breath when Canadians come up to the race. But, uh, you know, I no regrets about the move. I'm, I'm really happy here, and uh, it's so amazing to be a part of a lot of the racing history that's happened during my time here. Keith, you've accomplished so much in your career, both in New York and Toronto. Is there something else you haven't done yet that it's on your bucket list that you'd like to tick off? Oh boy, um, <laughs> I've been very fortunate. I've, I've been able to travel to uh, to Hong Kong and Dubai to go racing, um, and also work in a, in a media uh, capacity. Uh, I would love to head over to Japan. Um, where speaking of, of of a racing culture, if you've ever seen the video footage of big days in Japan, people line up overnight to get out uh, to see the races, and uh, I'd love to go and experience that at some point in an in depth way. Larry, speaking of highlights, uh, you must basically New York had some really good racing this year, and some real highlights. Pick one. Wow, um, flight line that mile was was pretty good. Uh, was, was, that was sort of a, an, an acid test race. You know, do you believe in the West Coast horse? Is he really that good? Right. Is he beaten? And uh, absolutely demonstrated that he was head and shoulders uh, above his competition and doubled down on that at the Breeders' Cup last month. Beautiful. Keith, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. We enjoy our conversations. All the best the rest of the year and into the new year. And we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great day. You too. When we come back, friend of the show, David Anderson will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We will be right back. Please stay tuned.
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bread, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, it's been a while since friend of the show, friend of all, a major horse racing industry participant, David Anderson, was last on. And David, over the course of time, has continued to work diligently in both the third but and standard bird industries and for their improvement and one of the busiest men in horse racing joining us today to talk about the recent racing season and what's coming up maybe next year david as always welcome to the show thanks jim thanks for having me it's a pleasure let's let's look back at your year in third bird and standard bird what are some of your highlights well I, most recently i would say we had a, a very successful sales season this fall uh, we uh, took i think 23 yearlings to the sales and and sold um, all the all but one, which uh, eventually was a, a vet scratch. But um, we had a very successful year, and most importantly, um, you know, we got them in the right homes. And as a breeder, that's really what you wish for: getting them there with the right owner and uh, ultimately the right trainer. Um, it gives uh, your offspring a chance and, and gives your mare a real chance. Okay. Last week we had Gail Cox on the show and we talked about a special horse uh, that you're involved with now, Whimsical Dance, right? Yeah. Uh, talk about that story, how it was uh, one of the last horses, I guess, that Samson uh, Farms raced and, and you actually bought it uh, at the auction. Uh, talk about it. Why did you want that horse? Well, I, at the time, I really didn't even know that it was the last uh, filly that they were selling. Um, but uh, she was a filly that kind of, you know, um, ticked all the boxes, uh, pedigree, confirmation. Um, Gail called me a couple of weeks before the sale, and she said, you know, David, the, this filly's really special, and, and um, 
she said, if you did buy her, you know, I'd love an opportunity to, to get her back in my barn and, and race her for you. And I said, well, Gail, I said, I'm sure she's going to bring a lot of money, but if, if I do get a chance, I do get lucky. Um, I will give you that Philly back and make that commitment. So it all worked out really well. I mean, my family and the Sam Samuel family go back, you know, literally decades. And, um, you know, I, I remember my dad used to sell all those Samson mares for Mr. Samuel. And, and uh, you know, it goes back to their, their best family with no class and dance smartly. And it's just got brood, broodmare pedigree written all over it. Um, you know, you've got distorted humor over Giants Causeway and Mr. Prospector and all the way down the line. It's It's such a tremendous family. So I'm thrilled to have her and thrilled to bring her back to Canada. David, for maybe listeners who are not aware, when you're completing a sale like this, completing a deal, how much is just science and fact and how much is emotion? Well, I try and take the emotion out of it, to be honest. Um, This one got me a little bit. Um, I really didn't realize it until after the fact. Um, Truth be told, I I thought the Philly was going to bring more money. And I was afraid, you know, that I might not be able to, to afford her. So I was just really happy to get her. And I felt I got her at, at great value, even though it was a lot of money. Um, I'm excited about the opportunity to race her again next year. She uh, appears to be very sound and healthy. And we just hope for a little luck. And, you know, if I get some black type on this filly, even some graded stuff down the road, uh, she's worth quite a bit more than I paid for her and uh, hopefully I'll sell yearlings out of her for lots of money going forward. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe for our listeners too, uh, David, you can kind of talk about yourself how and how you got so involved in, in, in horse racing. Well, I was literally born and raised on the farm. So, you know, whether I like it or not, I had to <laughs> get up in the morning and, and clean stalls so, um, and paint some fence and do the whole thing. But I, you know, I just, I fell in love with, with the animal at the end of the day. That's, that's what it's about for me. And whether it's a thoroughbred, um, or standard bread or Clydesdale or Pertron or quarter horses, you know, all the breeds that, that I have, um, I, I love, I love the horse and, um, that's, that's what really drives me and inspires me. And, um, you know, if I can have a little luck and, um, win a few races and breed a few nice horses and make a little money along the way, it's, it's just gravy for me. You alluded to some of the large breeds like Clydesdales that you're a part of. Is that, is it just straight love of horses that also got you into horses other than thoroughbreds and standard breads? Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, we had some Pertron mares on the farm that acted as as nurse mares for thoroughbreds. You know, God forbid we lost a mare. And I I used to ride one. Um, Her name was Natasha, and I'd drive her in the wintertime with a little cutter we had. And and I I fell in love with them, and they're, they're truly gentle giants, so... As I got older, I, I decided to get into it a little more seriously and um, started with Pertrons, and we've been very lucky. I've got had a couple of world champions and numerous national champions and, uh, you know, best stallion. And then I got into Clydesdales, 
and did the same thing with the Clydesdales. We've had world champions and Carter Cup champions out of Scotland, a couple of those. It's It's been a really, it's fun. They're great people. I love going to the shows and rubbing shoulders with, you know, people from all walks of life, literally from billionaires down to just, you know, regular, regular guys. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit now about uh, your <clears throat> role. And it's, it's an important role. You're a steward of the uh, Jockey Club of uh, Canada. And one initiative that you've been involved in is Section 31, which has got a major effect on, on horse racing here, right? So maybe you can explain exactly what is Section 31 and where you're at with this. Right. Well, it's Section 31 is a, is a act of, uh, in the tax code uh, relating to hobby farm and which the thoroughbred industry and, and uh, standardbreds, for that matter, fall under. And right now, uh, we're limited to a deduction of only $18,000 a year. And that's up from twelve five um, ten years ago, but it's still at a ceiling that's just doesn't equate. Um, we're the only business in the country of Canada that we cannot write off losses, um, including other livestock businesses, cattle, pigs, sheep, whatever it is. They can write off losses, and we can't. And in the United States, they can fully deduct their losses. And they're our biggest competitor. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company that can deduct a million dollars off his taxable income, I mean, that's a big number. And here we are sitting in Toronto in one of the wealthiest cities in North America. And, you know, we can't tap that, that, that base because it's not worth it for people, you know, and imagine if somebody could walk into the yearling sale and rather than sending Trudeau a check for a hundred grand, um, he writes a check to the sales company and buys a horse and maybe has a little fun and maybe gets lucky. So that's what we're trying to achieve. Even if we can't eliminate it altogether, let's raise those feelings. So maybe we get it up to 50 grand or a hundred grand or 200 grand, but we all know you can't even keep a horse for a year for 18 grand. Mm. It's, it's just, you know, archaic thinking. Um, and this was put together originally back in the fifties and (laughs) even with inflation since then, that number should be up more to 50, 60,000. I guess the, the the shocking thing for a lot of people, David, A, that it's a law that's been on the books that long and hasn't been changed. But, I mean, if you got 20, 30 horses, what is the difference between 20, 30 chickens or cows or pigs? Well, exactly. Exactly. And unfortunately, I think that the government thinks that we are the sport of kings. Oh, and yeah. it's all billionaires and multimillionaires and... And the fact of the matter is, I mean, there's more pickup trucks in the parking lot than there are Mercedes Benz. It's just the way it is anymore. And these people uh, don't have a shot. Yeah, that's And right. we need to get on an equal playing field with, with European countries, with the United States, with Australia. I mean, Australia has been the, the absolute business model for, for racing and ownership and fractional ownership and partnerships 
and and their tax laws are are in favor to 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 you know make that work. Hmm. So is the uh, jockey club and yourself getting anywhere with the government? Well, we've uh, we've we went to Ottawa last year, and um, to be honest, they said, "Oh, Section Thirty One. We haven't heard about this in fifteen years." <laughs> so, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease, as you know, especially with government, and we just haven't we just haven't knocked on the door. So we're putting together an initiative right now, and you know, it was obviously difficult with COVID. But now doors have opened up. Uh, we're working with the standard breads. Um, Ontario Racing is is getting involved. The HBPA has been a huge support, and of course, you know the Jockey Club of Canada. So um, we're, you know, I'm I'm, you know, conservatively optimistic that we're going to make some headway. Wow. David, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure for Larry and myself. Uh, we always enjoy your insight. All the best at the end of the year and into 2023. We look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thanks, Jim. Thanks very much, Larry. Happy holidays. You, you too. too. Uh, you know, Larry, I, I think that, uh, I mean, I had never heard of Section 31 until you brought it up. And, I mean, I drive by these horns, uh, these ho- uh, horse farms in York Region all the time. They have 15, 20, 30, 40 horses on it. Mm-hmm. I see no difference at all than the farms I see with the pigs and cows and chickens and whatever, little sheep and other livestock. But they're all over. How is that any different? Sure, and you just drive across the border and you'll see the same thing, but you're seeing different tax laws there. That, right? Which And that's and this, this as David said, this has been going on for years. And, and I remember back in the day when I started in this business, yeah, they always referred to that law came out in the 50s. But they haven't updated well, it ever since, you know. And I mean, to think a law in the fifties would be relevant in twenty twenty two seems a little silly. I mean, we as a country, farming, uh, horse racing has changed so much. I mean, they were talking eight decades, Larry. That's right, and that's like David said that the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? And so, uh, so I think you know they're basically jockey club of Canada have taken it, and they've got all the parts and people in place now to, I think get something done i guess my other problem is if if i have a a beef cattle farm with like 150 200 head that's a lot of money Mm -hmm. that's a lot of money or if i have this money whatever so i mean it was once upon a time a sport at kings but if you are in the breeding industry i don't think you can say that i mean when you consider the monthly cost of just maintaining the animals in a lot of ways, some of them are just breaking even. No, that's right. And like David had said too, and I'll go back to what he said, is uh, there's just as many trucks in there as Mercedes. <laughs> yes. Or there's actually more trucks yeah, than Mercedes, yeah, yeah. right? So, no, it's it, this has been a, an issue and, and uh, you know, good on them that they're, uh, yeah. you know, that they're working to, because it's it's been like that even back in the day when I started in this business and was owning horses and that, and it was tough to bring people in in that so but if you have a champion like david anderson an eloquent man like that yep you, you're you're in good steed exactly after the break when we come back woodbine trainer don mccray will join us on ponies 24 7 the radio magazine for the very first time we'll be right back stay tuned ponies 24 7 the radio magazine brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing listen live at 1059 theregion.com live in ontario Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. 
Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Soon to be friend of the show, Woodbine trainer Don McRae joining us today as we head into the last number of weeks of the Woodbine thoroughbred season. Who better to talk about the last season in 2022 in Woodbine but Don, who is in the midst of a very productive and successful year again at Woodbine. Don, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It has been a good year for you. Why has it? How'd you do it? Um, well, not to sound egotistical. I mean, we usually roll pretty good. Uh, we've had a couple of off seasons, but uh, this year we got aggressive with a couple of horses. Uh, we were a lot more active claiming horses than we had been the last couple of years. Uh, but we just bought horses properly, and we got we got lucky with some of them, got the right races to go, and uh, got the right horses in the right races. Where did it all start for you, Don? Uh, my dad had standard breads, um, <laughs> bad ones, very bad ones. Um, <laughs> we all had uh, some of those. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've loved horses from day one. Uh kind of messed around with them, kind of helping them out. And uh, when I graduated from uh, high school, I had the shot to go on to college. And uh, I said, no, nah, I said, I'm going to take a shot with this. And I got my trainer's license at 18 years old. Um, learned something new every day about it. And uh, just got to make a career of it. So you're 18 getting your <laughs> trainer's license. You must have been far and away the youngest person at the time getting it. Uh, at the time, I was uh, youngest youngest uh person in Canada to ever get their license at 18. Got my butt kicked a lot and uh, learned a lot and, and we just kind of moved forward from there. Okay, I got to ask you, 18, what are your buddies thinking of you? And you said, by the way, I just got my horse trainer's license. My gym teacher, uh, Mr. Steinberg, he would have me run bets for him the odd time, so he thought I was uh, he thought I was the coolest kid in the world. Even my buddies now, my buddies then, they still think I'm a fool for getting up at 3.30 in the morning and working as much as I do, but... Uh, Anyone who's in the game and knows the game and loves the game, they really don't classify it as work. You uh, you love what you do, right? So, like I said, they all think I'm foolish, but they all respect me what I do. You didn't just go straight to Woodbine, though. Didn't you do a stop at Fort Erie first? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where I started out with Fort Erie for, for many years. Um, I thought it was a great, great thing, starting out with a lot of cheap horses that have a lot of issues, a lot of ailments and that. I had a shot to take a couple of assistance jobs 
in hindsight, I maybe wish I had taken an assistant job with a big outfit in the States and maybe and maybe taken a shot like that. But uh, uh, it was all trial and error. Everything I did, kind of learning in that. And I try to tell a lot of younger traders coming out that you're going to learn a lot from, from guys that you work for, but at the end of the day, you're going to learn 10 times more by doing it on your own. Was there a tipping point for you, Don, where you, as young as you were, even though maybe you weren't winning, you understood why you weren't winning and how to fix it? Like, you got it. You understood the game more than you did at the beginning. So, I think the biggest thing is, uh, I think there's so many good horsemen out there. I think there's some guys who just don't know how to read the condition properly. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. You've got to know when your horse is ready and put them in the right spots. My dad used to, like I said, have standard breads, and he brought that mentality to thoroughbreds and wanted to kind of um, run them maybe a little bit more than they should. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the, the one thing I learned as I kind of went. To just be patient. The horse will tell you. Okay, you've you've had a chance to train some nice horses in, in the past, uh, and and even now, uh, talk about a few of them. I, I, I'd like to say I have some champions. There's been none yet, but there will be one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've I've claimed some. Real cheap horses uh, in my day that have, that have uh, might not have been well known to a lot of people, but they're real good to us. Uh, one of the first horses I ever claimed for myself was a horse named Pico Star. He had a very rough looking knee, but he was uh, it was all cosmetic, and um, we ended up winning a ton of races with him. Uh, we played a horse called Pembroke Hall back in the day. He won nine in a row. Uh, move up, played a filly called Acting Naughty. She went on to make almost four hundred thousand. He had two slips filled out one day, and the, and the owner, Mr. Hillier, says, flip a coin, and we'll decide who we're going to take. He flipped the coin. He said, sure, we'll take both of them, and we got lucky to get the Philly. Then the horse called Puntruski. He went on to win the, the full venture, full-class horse. And uh, and recently, we, we purchased album in out of the Canadian sale. It gave us uh, the thrill of a lifetime being able to compete in the Queen's Plate. But after your slow start, you've been able to win on a pretty consistent basis. Were there a couple key horses for you and uh, top horses that you've trained that really made a difference for your career? The one thing that we've always tried to maintain for our operation is uh, um, we try to do things as professional as we can. We try to keep the horses looking good. Very fortunate to have a stint to train for for Chiefs with stables. And I give all the credit to Mr. Robert Landry for that because uh, he never rode for me. He just... uh, Kind of kept an eye on, on how we run our business. It's, it's tricky at Woodbine. It's not like uh, not like down in the states. If you're a guy who rolls at a high percentage down in the states, you've got guys calling you left and right. Um, Woodbine, that's not really the case. Um, to, to find owners, to find new owners, it isn't easy. So you've got to uh, got to try to be successful with the ones you have, and you can you keep them happy with the job you do. Were you active in the uh, uh, yearling sales uh, this past fall? One here this year. Um, uh, my main guy, Michael Lay, he was uh, he was in Ireland at the time. It didn't go quite the way we planned, so we uh, we bought a nice little frag daddy filly for one of my other clients from Alberta. Um, we bought one filly down at the Keeneland sale, um, so we weren't we weren't uh, quite as lucky as we would have liked to have been. Um, the Keeneland sale was rough because every time we stuck our nose in the ring. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, Kevin Attar, one of his clients, seemed to be buying every one that we're on. So uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But uh, we thought our pockets were uh, were pretty deep, but it's not quite as deep as his, I guess. 
Speaking with Woodbine trainer Don McRae, and Donna, I, I would imagine getting into the game as young as you did, you looked up to certain trainers and mentors. Uh, do you have young trainers talking to you now, picking your brain? I've got guys coming, coming along, and I try to reach out to some of the guys, um, younger guys like Nigel Burke and Santino DePaulo, who I, I, think they, uh, I think they have a good future in the business. And, and I, the biggest thing is that I didn't, have, I didn't really have guys try to guide me at all, so it's a deadly business where I think a lot of people would rather see you fail and succeed. And with the way our industry is going now, we need younger guys to come along and be successful and help the industry grow. So I reach out to some of these guys and, and until they, they come afterwards and ask questions. Uh, but like I said, I, I just like to see these younger guys do well because we really do need that next generation of younger horsemen to come around because when, uh, when guys start to retire, like Mr. Atfield, Matt, there's going to be a, a void that needs to be filled for sure. Well yeah. said. Yeah. 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 So if, if a, a young person came up to you, Don, and, and, and said, I want to be a trainer, what should I do? What would you advise them? Sit down and go over the finances. I, I, I crunch numbers all the time. i got to explain to people the cost of the business. And a lot of younger guys, the biggest problem is they don't charge enough for their day rate. Um, they're so worried about getting horses into their stalls instead of covering costs that they end up taking on horses and not being able to afford what they do and they put themselves into debt. Uh, and they, they might be great horsemen, but because they're, they're not charging enough to cover their bills, they're constantly scrambling to try and stay afloat. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes a lot of guys make. Uh, they're afraid when their owner comes to them to say, listen, I need to charge X amount of dollars, and they always want to do it cheaper. Uh, the other thing is people try to grow too fast, but they do start to get horses, and... I will be the first one to tell you, when you start taking on a lot of horses, it is overwhelming. When I watch the likes of Josie Carroll, Mark Cassie, Kevin Attard, do what they do with that many horses, it is beyond impressive because it is not easy. I think you brought up a great point for not just trainers, Don, but people, everyday business, everyday life in Canada is often we don't charge enough for our services because by nature we're humble people. Oh, no, I don't want to charge too much. And that's that's a skill in itself, understanding your value and getting the money you deserve for your work. And everything in life is not up right now. Um, cost for us has gone through the roof. And when you have to sit down and explain to people, listen, the cost has gone up, i got to raise my prices, it, it, it's, it's overwhelming and it's, and it's very nerve-wracking to a lot of people. Um, so, but as, like I say, a lot of guys make that mistake and don't want to charge enough. And at the end of the day, if in, in our business, in a lot of cases, if you're not winning races, you're not making money. So if you're going into work every day not charging enough and you're losing money, it gets overwhelming very fast. What'd you do with the, what'd you do with the first winning check you won when you finally won a race? <laughs> I, I know one thing. I can remember a day down in Fort Erie where I ordered a check and forgot about it. And during the wintertime, uh, I found it in my closet. I was quite, it was quite a nice little bonus. But um, <laughs> the first, first couple of horses I had, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't about the money to me. Um, I was sleeping in a tack room. I had four or five horses. Um, I would go... 10 o'clock at night and pet them and feed them mints and give them carrots because I just thought I was living the dream life. So it, it really had uh, nothing to do with the money aspect of it. And, and I can kind of, I can kind of see that in the, in the bug boy Slade Jones right now. Here's a kid who's come in who's 16 years old, who's making hand over fist. And I think, I don't think it has anything to do with the money right now. You just love what you do. Right. Yeah. 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 And, 
I guess getting back to yourself and, and when you first started out, you're probably like myself and that you, you got your education at the uh, University of Greenwood, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I, uh, I mean, like I said, when I was younger and that we had the, we had the standard breads. We raced at all the, all the gym tracks. Uh, we did play at, uh, at Greenwood and Mohawk when they were going in that, but, um, it's, it was just like I say, it was just exciting all the time. Like you, you go see when I was a kid with the, with the standard breads, you go see Condren and, uh, and, uh, and Johnny Campbell and them in the paddock and, and you're, you're in awe. And then one of the first times we run a horse at, at Greenwood, uh, Mickey Walls rode the horse and Mickey Walls was young and he was, he was the governor at the time. So it was, everything was just exciting. Like it was just, every, it was just an amazing feeling to be there. Well, Don, thank you so much for doing this. You're automatically friend of the show. We'll look forward to having you on in the future and all the best over the holidays and into the new year. I appreciate your time, guys. Have a great day. You too. Take care. After the break, Larry Simpson will look at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's always much anticipated, coveted Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. This is Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems? As Larry gives us his much-anticipated Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by our good friends at Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, take it away, please. Thanks, Jim. Uh, let's start at Woodbine. They have an 11-race card today, including two stakes events, the $150,000 Shady Well Stakes and the $150,000 Clarendon Stakes. Uh, 
Race 11, though, is a maiden $15,000 claimer at seven furlongs on the Tapita for two-year-old fillies. Uh, there's been 12 fillies have been entered. And number six, Ferda, hails from new friend of the show, Don McRae. Ferda, great name. Ferda, yeah. Ferda boys. Yeah, Ferda boys, yeah. And uh, Ferda's a filly that I think has been showing the signs with three improving buyer speed figures. Uh, she makes an important drop in class today into a $15,000 claiming event. And also it's key that she's making her third start off the layoff. Uh, this filly was also a $45,000 yearling purchase last year. And I believe she's uh, positioned with a good shot of winning today. Uh, Ferd has worked well all along this year, and the trainer, Don uh, McRae, is a good 29% with maiden claiming horses. So uh, that's a good percentage. So, it's a very good percentage. Yeah, so uh, Woodbine, race 11, I'm going with number six, Ferda. Nice. Next. Well, Dar Delmar has another uh, nine race card today as they uh, enter their final weekend of the uh, racing season. And uh, today sees three stakes races on tap, including the grade one $400,000 Hollywood Derby. Uh, race eight, though, is a 40000 optional claiming event for three-year-olds and up. It's uh, one mile on the dirt for a purse of $72,000. Nine horses signed on, including number eight, Atomic Drop who despite what uh, should have been an impossible wide trip, I also saw him steady once on the first turn. Atomic Drop uh, basically powered away to win at today's mile distance in his last start. Uh, that last race was against California Breds. Today sees Atomic Drop in against some open company, but this Delmar horse is a, uh, or this horse is a Delmar horse, I should say, a Delmar specialist. Uh, he's never been better. He's sharp. He likes Delmar. He likes the one mile distance. And the fact that uh, he drops uh, shows two decent workouts since that uh, November 11th win says to me that all is good with the with Atomic Drop. So also trainer Phil D'Amato is 23% with horses that won their last race. So Delmar, race eight, number eight, Atomic Drop. And also Atomic Drop, a classic wrestling move. That's right. Yeah, I would just just ping my. I remember that call of wrestling. I can't remember the uh, the wrestling. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my my mind is failing me now. <laughs> Too many pile drivers. So, uh, let's go to the Meadowlands. They have another fourteen race card tonight, and race five is a claiming handicap, a one mile trot for a purse of uh, eleven thousand dollars. It's not too often that you see a millionaire trotter still racing uh, at 12 years old, but this is what we have 12 here. years? 12 Jeez. years, yep. But this is what we have uh, with number two, Winsong Jack, who's an Ontario bred, by the way, and uh, who's earned, uh, he's raced 249 times in his career and earned just over a million dollars. Winsong Jack raced last week at the Meadowlands, his first start in 14 days, and actually first at the Meadowlands in a while, after racing over the half-mile Yonkers racetrack in uh, New York, where I might add his form over the smaller track had been quite good. In past shows, we've talked about horses racing over smaller tracks and then going to a, a larger track like a Meadowlands or Woodby Mohawk Park. And sometimes it takes a little... Yeah. A race or so to get acclimatized. Uh, that makes sense. It's a different surface. Yeah. Different size track, different style of racing, so it takes a little while to get used Crazy to it. Crazy fans. Yeah. Crazy fans, yeah. And I think that's what we have here with Winson Jack. He had gone from Yonkers to Meadowlands. Uh, he's had his start back now at the Meadowlands, and uh, actually he won it earlier at the Meadowlands this year in 151 and 3. And, and that's as a 12-year-old. <laughs> mm. 
And uh, this winner of 44 races lifetime has drawn a cozy spot with post two tonight to get a good trip, I think. So the Meadowlands, race five, number two, Windsong Jack. And one more, I believe, right? Well, we got Woodbine Mohawk Oh, yeah. Park. Yep. And uh, they have a 10 race card tonight, which also includes the official retirement ceremony for the world's fastest standard bred Bulldog Hanover. Bulldog Hanover. Yep. Well, race eight is a one-mile pace for, uh, for four-year-olds and uh, younger, a purse of uh, $18,000. Uh, number two, Last Beach, was off 20 days when he debuted on November 26 for the Ben Wallace Burn. Last Beach, a son of some beach somewhere, had been racing the last two uh, years in Lexington where he'd won three uh, races and took a mark of 152 flat. Mm -hmm. uh, last week, his first start over the Mohawk surface saw Last Beach get away seventh and basically race from the back until the stretch where he closed to fifth and closed four and a half lengths in the stretch. Uh, uh, he had paced his last quarter in this race in 27 and two. Uh, with that race under his belt now, it looks like Last Beach should be all set to win his fourth lifetime win. And I like the fact that driver Doug McNair drives him back tonight. So you have that second-time driver angle. He was on him last week. And I think the fact that he's back on a full rotation now, back within seven days, should really help. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race eight, number two, Last Beach. And a special thank you to all the great memories for Bulldog Hanover. Thank you to our man, Mark, of the fans of horse racing for all that you do. Thank you again for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, a new one is just released, email Larry Simpson at the Ponies 24-7 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 247 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page, Lymphoma ca slash ponies and donate to the cause and don't forget to listen to next week's show as we announce the dates for the second online silent auction of sports and horse racing memorabilia and guest experiences that will help support the good work of lymphoma canada stick around 105.9 the region all week along the legend and Romer is up next with york region's only magazine show the feed with some special appearances as we talk about als this week i'll be back here monday morning thanks for listening take care Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.